did comedians Tiffany Haddish and Aries Spears really sexually exploit children for laughs? Or was this an egregious case of bad taste? And bad parenting much? How much blame should be placed on the mother? And we have the audacity to question a queen. Or is she a princess? Whatever the hell Meghan Markle is, she continues to use her royal fallout to promote her podcast. But is she just a caramel Karen getting wealthy off of sympathy? But then a real queen who had the unmitigated gall to conquer tennis in beads and braids. The GOAT Serena Williams has possibly served her final ace. So what is her legacy? And did she leave some good tennis on the table? Hey, Drake. The Unmitigated Podcast starts now. So what's this podcast about? Somebody gotta keep it real, okay. you know. Reclaiming my time. By winning. Keep my wife's name. Catch me outside, how about that? You talking to unabashed hater. My style is impetuous. You come in with some nice waves in a black suit. You're average looking at best. I took offense to that. Robert. You ain't got the answer, Sway. I have, you bitch. You now have the unmitigated ball. Thank you for joining the unmitigated call, the podcast for grown ass news and pop culture enthusiasts. Get caught up, then get your ass back to work. I'm one half of this galacious team, Eric Goldson. With me as always, oh, you like that? A woman who packs Groupons like Haddish, but raises goblets like Serena. Here to keep me from saying something I'll reg- regret. Hey, Chevalerie. Hey, Eric. I'm always here to make why sure not, that why you not? keep your job. I know. It's a struggle. <laughs> it is galacious. It's like an SAT Galacious. Word. I like that. Yeah, well, you know. I did my thug thizzle on the English portion. I see, I see. How goes it? It goes, you know me, I'm always... Was it a long day? Yeah. It's the first day. We had an extra day off and I'm still struggling to get here on time. Like, we're supposed to start I know. What, 15 I minutes I keep forgetting ago. this is Tuesday. I know, I know. Yeah, so. But it was a nice long weekend. You... Um, I did absolutely yeah. nothing but rest. I'm still recovering um, from I this don't terrible believe you. cold. I am, I am. I spent the whole three days in bed, so... No Labor Day brunches, no... Nope, nothing. No, th- no, no themed parades. Nothing. No, and it kinda, no it kinda African-inspired movies. No, but I feel like I'm wearing an African-inspired suit. <laughs> I won't, my friend Maurice, he was like, welcome to Wakanda. I was like, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's what you get for my shirt? Oh, I love it. I love it. How was your, how was your Labor well, Day weekend? I know you said you barbecued. Oh, my God. I, I did a little barbecue, you know, I got the ribs just right. You know, I my dad tried to shame me some years back for baking my ribs, but Ooh. forget forget all you people who have just time to be out in front of a smoker all day. Look, look, no, here's what you do. You season it right, mm. seasoning people, my white brothers and sisters, <laughs> and, then, and then you start it on the smoker, start it on the smoker. You can do that on a little Weber grill, which what I do, just put the coals around the edges so they don't get singed. Okay, my mom you know, does it, this. You let, put it on the grill yeah, for a little bit, and then you finish baking yeah. it. It get still that smoke has the same in there. flavor. All right, all right, fine. Mm-hmm. fine. Get the flavor and the tenderness. So yeah, that's what I did. But those kids were on my neck. You know, I, you know, one of my kids flushed clothes down the toilet, which oh. Oh my a God. few hundred dollars later, several hundred dollars later, you know, I got that fixed. So yeah, so. So all those out there, bake your ribs and uh, use birth control. Oh, oh my God. Okay. Well, you know what but, else everyone out there needs to do? Like and subscribe and follow. There you go. There you go. Everyone is still asking about Apple. You need to get on that, please. I, I tried to explain to some people that have asked our girl, Michelle. Um, I'm like, Michelle, just click on the Spotify link. You don't have to have Spotify. It'll work. Click on the YouTube link. It'll yeah. work. Um, you have yeah. YouTube, Spotify, but you know what? YouTube, I will do it. Yes. Spotify, YouTube, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. There we go. I need to get yes, on the, yes. uh, the TikTok. You get on the... Uh, we uh, don't need TikTok. Hey. But yes, I will get us on Apple Music. Get us on Apple Music. Or like I told you today, um, we need to get on OnlyFans as well. 
Well, you know who won't be on OnlyFans? <laughs> Girl Tiffany Haddish. She got uh, enough problems yeah. to deal with. Why don't you explain? And it's crazy because, you know, while her career has been going up, Aerie Spears has just another reason not to get a major deal. <laughs> so Was he was he on the cusp of getting a major deal? No, he was not. No, no, but he's just going to continue to slide and slide. So if you've been living under a rock for the past couple of days, Aries Spears, Tiffany Haddish. I should say Tiffany Haddish. She's she's top billing at this point. Yeah. And uh, former Mad TV comedian Aries Spears. They're now facing, uh, you know, they're now responding uh, to allegations, a lawsuit that's been filed against them from uh, two people who were minors at the time. One is still a minor. This was seven years ago. And they were basically, these kids were cast in a, uh, ill-advised comedic sketch uh, where they were uh, the object of a sexual predator's desire. Yo, did you call me? Oh, yes, Uncle Pete. Can you watch TJ for me? I need to run to the, uh, I, I gotta run some air. I need to go to the cleaners, and I should be coming back, okay? All right, baby. Thank you. You got it. You want me to spend a little bit of Michael Jackson time with the boy, huh? All right. Hello there, TJ. <laughs> DJ, did you know I was best friends with Penn State Sandusky? Now, you know, recently Haddish has come forward and said, I can't say much because this is, you know, the lawsuit's pending, but it wasn't funny. She basically said it was regrettable, but she's not saying much else. Yeah, I actually so, just pulled I mean, it up, if you want me to read it. Okay. Sure. Um, I know people have a bunch of questions. I get it. I'm I'm right there with you, unfortunately, because there's an ongoing legal case. There's very little that I can say right now. But clearly, while this sketch was intended to be comedic, it wasn't funny at all. And I deeply regret having agreed to act in it. I really look forward to being able to share a lot more about the situation as soon as I can. I just don't know so how Valerie. pedophilia is supposed to be funny. And actually using children in a skit is... I don't know how you deem that to be funny, but you know, to each well, his own, I guess. I, I think, well, I think you're kind of framing it wrong. <laughs> if you say it like that, I don't know how pedophilia is funny. No, of course it's not funny. No. Uh, but that's, I don't think they're, the point of the sketch was to say pedophilia is funny. I don't think it's that simple. I think comedians often push the lines mm -hmm. of what is bad taste, what is dangerous, I remember like 15 years ago, there was this comedian who had a series called The Amazing Racist, kind of like The Amazing Race. Mm. And he would go up on unsuspecting people of different ethnic groups, Me uh, Mexicans, black people, and so on, and just do amazing race, just amazingly racist things to them, thus the name. And he managed to toe the line to where it still was on the funny side of it. Mm. But so not saying that pedophilia is funny, but I'm saying comedians constantly want to reset the line and try to figure out where it is. And keep in mind at the time, this is seven years ago, Tiffany, Tiffany Haddish. This is before Girls Trip. Right. This is when she's still using Groupons. <laughs> so she's needing and she's that, one needing dress that over and over again. Right. And Aries Spears is on the downside of his career. Mm -hmm. So he's wanting to get he's wanting to come up again. So they're needing that spark of controversy. <clears throat> to to get them, you know, buzzing again. Right. So, but you, I mean, of course, ill-advised. Yes, ill-advised is a great way to put it. But could you have done that skit and, and not use children? Like, we've all seen the episodes of Martin where he plays the little snotty-nosed kid. Like, you could have done that skit, had someone posing as a child uh, to try to make your joke or your point or whatever. The issue is that you actually used a seven-year-old boy only in his underwear, and I think a 13-year-old girl in a separate skit. That's the problem. Right. Right. And, and that is the problem, because had they simply just used uh, 18, 19-year-old actors, right. or even, like, really grown actors and made them, you know, yeah, it would have like maybe been funnier. Right. Not, not using Martin, but, but using Martin, that character, as an example. Um, you know, you could have used but, actual actors, actual adults in a skit, like, to, to actually put children in that situation is what has now led you to, you know, to this. To right. This and of course, you know, are we Monday money, Monday morning quarterbacking? Yes, like, are. of course, of course, we, we are. are looking with very clear eyes at this situation. It's a civil suit, correct? It's just a civil suit. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And, and basically, you know, they're only going to be able to get money from flags. Tiffany. They're not going to get any money from Aries Spears. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, a couple of things kind of raises my eyebrows about this. This mm-hmm. is a woman who at the time was a close friend of Haddish. Her kids called uh, Tiff, Uncle Tiff or whatever. Um, and the and the and that his siblings doing it together, you know, you could say that they're in cahoots getting their stories together. But, you know, how responsible is the mom for this? So you just drop off your seven-year-old to Uncle Tiff's house for a shoot? Yeah, you have no idea. She says neither Jane nor her mother knew what the shoot would entail. Mm-hmm. That's according to the lawsuit. You just, Hold on. So you just, you trust her that much? But you I mean, just, even you if you that trust that Tiffany. That they knew, so. But what about the other actor involved? So you trust right. Tiffany. Do you just automatically trust whoever Tiffany brings around? And this is Hollywood, right. known for it to be like a land of pedophiles and creepiness. That's true. But so I think are if we, you're... Are if we you're, absolving the mom? No, we're not. But I think that if you, you know, if you're saying that they were so comfortable that they had, you know, sort of a... They've adopted, you know, an, un- an Uncle Tiff, which is a little strange, but okay. Um, but they call her, like, you know, they consider her a family or member. Auntie Tiff. Um, then, uh, then, yeah, you know... I have, I have friends that are, you know, people call them, you know, family. Um, I I've left my children with these people because I trust them. And if I trust them to leave them with that person, then I'm trusting them to leave them, you know, with whoever that person is around as well. So I'm sure this woman did maybe think, you know, she was fine to leave her kids with Tiffany and sounded like at the time her daughter was trying to pursue acting. And, you know, she said she had a role for her. And so it's like, Oh, well, okay, here's my opportunity. And it turned out not to be what they thought it was. Well, so you saying the mom one, should have maybe uh, done a little bit more research? Like, uh, what's this kid about? Like, what are they going to be doing? It, yeah, if you're going to be a stage mom, maybe stay in the building at least. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, you know, and I'm sorry. To me, Tiffany Haddish just doesn't strike me as someone who who plays with the idea of pedophilia. You know, like, she she definitely thought that there was some comedic angle that was worth that the payoff was real and would be worth it to the audience. Clearly it didn't work out that way and now she's paying for it. Aries Spears strikes me as someone who routinely makes bad decisions, but I don't know. I, I'm I'm not I'm not willing to condemn Tiffany Haddish. And I personally hope that, you know, future employers show her some grace and so does her audience. Um yeah. I, you know, I, I just hope canceling tiffany haddish i hope is not what we're what we're going for here no i mean i don't see that happening with her i i I will say you know at least she was courageous enough to at least address the issue and put out a statement your boy aries has been um pretty much radio or instagram silent (laughs) he hasn't maybe he'll go on vlad tv again you know he went Uh, on vlad tv to talk about his lizzo and by the way the way he, he cleared it up on vlad tv it sounded very well thought out and reasonable. And I got to say, the man had a point. Um, Did he? But then he went ahead and now he's caught up in a pedophile joke uh, yeah. scandal. Well, so, wow, you know there say. goes all that good grace. Karma is a bitch. <laughs> and that's exactly <laughs> what he got was a whole bunch of karma. Um, oh, Lizzo's just at home Lizzo and her ancestors this, alone. Her ancestors was like, don't worry, girl. We got you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, I, I don't know. I, I guess... You know, I just feel like we don't hold parents accountable enough for these things. You know, like you should expect the world to be coming for your neck and your kid's neck because yeah. that's what is going to happen. So protect your kids and, you know, don't just assume that some comedian that you befriended on the, the circuit mm-hmm. is going to look after your seven-year-old. Maybe yeah. the 13-year-old can take care of herself. The 14-year-old at the time can take care of herself. You know, to some degree, but come on, it's just—I don't know. I, I just think there's not enough accountability on the mom here. Than on Tiffany and Aries. Well, I mean, it's—it's it's up to. I can understand how they—they they probably thought they were gonna, um, you know, they were gonna make out a put a boundary pushing sketch out there that mm-hmm. people were gonna be like lauding or appalled by, but there would be some support for it. Mm-hmm. And that just ended up not being the case. But, you know, I feel like that's part of comedy to figure out where the line is. Using actual children, of course, 
was the bad decision in yeah, all this. That's the, so, but but you can you can almost see the there you can almost see struggling Tiffany and struggling Aries trying to figure out a way to like get themselves out there for a better term, um, for lack of a better term, and this kind of being what happened. And then, of course, it played out terribly. But you can, like, follow their their line of thinking. And I guess you can with the mom, too. You can be like, ah, oh, she'll be fine. But I don't know. I just don't see a, a reason why you should just assume with your child, especially that young, oh, they'll be fine. Yeah. I, I don't know. I guess um, I'm not sure about you, but I was I was always very protective of, of both my boys. And I don't know. I just don't think everyone takes the responsibility of being a parent as serious as they should sometimes. And that sounds like that's maybe what happened here. Hey, Nick Cannon. <laughs> hey, Elon Musk. They can't. Yeah, we just they tie can't. all the exactly. episodes they, together. They, they can't because there's just, they can't even keep track. Um, uh, right. They I just, gave I up just on that a long I just time ago. think that a lot of people realize how difficult it is to be a parent and that it isn't just, um, you know, cute dresses and good frilly parent. panties and it's not just you know this cute little baby like you're you're actually producing someone that you need to eventually let go and out into the world and hope that they become a productive member of society but that also means protecting them in the process and i just don't think a, a lot of people realize how how important and vital which is why i said it is the hardest job on earth um even if you i still run, disagree yes uh tesla or you know uh, a media, you know, corporation, whatever. There's nothing more, um, more important or harder than than being a parent. I truly believe that, and it's not something that ends when you're 18 either. My, I'm talking about both my boys now about different things they're going through. It's a, it's a lifetime commitment, and I don't think people realize that. Well, speaking about <laughs> a mother uh. in entertainment. Mm -hmm. Baby Archie and Lilibet's mother, <laughs> Meghan Markle. Yes. People should expect the real me in this and probably the me that they've never gotten to know, certainly not in the past few years, um, where everything is through the lens of the media as opposed to, hey, it's me. I'm just excited to be myself and talk and be unfiltered and yeah, it's fun. You know, she has uh, managed to stay in controversy for the past couple of weeks. You know, her, her podcast has come out. And of course, articles uh, leading up to that, promoting that, uh, specifically one in the Cut magazine, got you know a lot of uh, pushback from the royal family because uh, apparently uh, she's saying that the you know Prince Harry is on the outs with uh, Prince Charles, and Prince Charles was like, "Really? I thought we were good." <laughs> and then, and then you know she kind of teased at the end that you know she hasn't signed anything saying that she can't talk about more of her experiences, but she's not ready to, to reveal to all reveal yet. So yet. one publication was saying that was kind of like a veiled threat to the um, royal family. I think it's more of a tease to future books that may come. But, Definitely. you know, I just feel like Meghan Markle, I feel like she's playing both sides of the fence. That's why I called her a, a caramel Karen <laughs> in the intro, because she's, she's wanting, she's like, woe is me. You know, I'm on the receiving end of, of racist tropes and criticism. But then she is she is riding all the royal fame and controversy to to, uh, you know, heights that she never saw on her own as as an actress. Mm -hmm. So why the complaints? Like, why not just em embrace, you know, your your new status and just keep it moving like. Beyonce, she's not like comp complaining about, you know, racist tropes, you know, she's just she's just putting out her music. She's doing her thing and keeping it moving. Mariah Carey is not like, woe is me. You know, she interviewed Mariah recently. She's mm -hmm. not woe is me. I'm a biracial woman. You know, it's just I, I just feel like Meghan Markle is leaning. She's playing the race card on one hand and then she's benefiting from all the controversy from the royal family on the other. You think she's she's a victim of the royals, but then she's clearly a beneficiary of the royals. That's what I'm saying. Okay. In her defense, though, you know, Beyonce and Mariah Carey don't have an entire country of people, you know, coming after her either. 
you know, Beyonce. You don't think there's a Beyonce contingent of America that hates Beyonce. Remember when she did Formation at the Super Bowl? It was a lot of white people that did not like that. Yeah, it was a lot of white people coming out but, there dancing in the in the Black Panther berets. You don't remember that? You course, don't remember that? There was a I lot of people, it, but it's not in that were entire, over the NFL at that point. But it wasn't the entire country coming after her. Like Meghan Markle has a good portion of the country coming after her solely because she's a black woman. That's it. You don't think there's a, a lot of people what, but, in Britain who do like her? I'm sure there are some people in Britain who who do like her, but I think the bigger question is what what has Meghan Markle done to warrant all of this hatred from that country outside of the fact that all she did was marry their precious white Prince Harry. What did she do something? She hasn't done anything. What did she do to deserve all of this uh, anger and angst that comes for her towards her? What, What did she do? Nothing. As my man Clint Eastwood said in Unforgiven, deserves got nothing to do with it. <laughs> Nobody deserves to be the object of racism. Nobody deserves to be the the object of like sexism and all those things. Right. What's, but but uh, but for use a your second, brain. Put yourself you are in a her biracial shoes. woman. Yes. Marrying into the whitest family in the history of, you know, the world. Right. What do you think is going to happen? You're a college educated woman. You're smart. Now she was in denial about uh being viewed as a black person and then bam. She even said in her podcast, she wasn't treated like a black woman until she married into the family. Right. So, so she's upset about that fact, but then relied on the black community to come to her defense. Mm-hmm. And now she's in this kind of no man's land where, you know, she's kind of depending on, so who, who are the fans of Meghan Markle? Is it the black community now? Is it the liberal white community? Like, who is she trying to ingratiate herself to? But I, I just, I don't, I don't get it. She, um, Shoot, I just lost what it was that you said. I don't think that she, like, you have to understand that this is someone who didn't grow up as a typical black woman. You know, she has a white father, a fairly dark-skinned black mother, but I did not know when I first saw that Meghan Markle was dating Prince Harry that that was a black woman. She does not look like a... She, she doesn't look like a black woman to me. So she didn't grow up with the typical black experience. So I think her reactions that she's having when these things happen to her, when the country is coming against her, she's never had to deal with any of that stuff before. Like the rest, like, like a normal black woman has had to deal with. She doesn't know what it's like to have to deal with microaggressions. You said yourself, she, she says she did not grow up with your typical black experience. So this, this is all brand new to her. And she's just now experienced it, experiencing it, experiencing it, excuse me, as an adult. This or is the first was time. she able to ignore it and pretend that it didn't apply to her? You mean to tell me that a Meghan Mark grew up in America, even in California, Mom lived in Compton now. Mm-hmm. And she don't tell me she never went to her mom's Compton home. <laughs> and then she grew up and then she went to school in more prestigious areas in Los Angeles. She did. You don't think she heard she overheard uh people talking about black people and say and even when she became like a LA actress now with straightened hair instead of frizzy hair, you don't think she overheard racist conversations? No, but she was able to look the other way at that point. Because she wasn't being treated as a, as you say, normal black woman. Right. What I'm saying but, is in so her typical it was okay everyday experience, she did not experience things that her own mother probably had to deal with, that I have had to deal with as a black woman because of her appearance. So yes, she probably did ignore some things or she, or was just oblivious and blind to them. But what I'm saying is as 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 she is in her body, the way that she looks, no, she didn't experience a lot of those things. And she maybe didn't even hear or see a lot of those things because of how she looks. Especially if those people knew she had a black mother, then they know not to say certain things around her. So she probably didn't experience those things. And I'm not making excuses for her, but she didn't grow up with the typical black woman experience, either by choice or just because it just wasn't in her environment. So do you feel like she's, you know, like the Oprah interview and, and on... Do you feel like she's been pandering to the black community for sympathy? I don't. I don't. So you think she's just living her authentic, you know, life? I think she is. I like I said, I I've had this conversation with some of my black female friends and 
I think I'm the only one that is sort of maybe like on her side. I, I don't under, I, I really don't understand the backlash. Oh, so a lot of your black female friends. The backlash, excuse me. <laughs> no, no, Van Jones said white lash. You could say black lash. Right. Do most of your friends, are they black lashing uh, Megan? I think so. I think so. And I think it's because she did not live her life um, out loud as a black woman. I think you I think you know what a lot of people want is just her to take it on the chin like you have you have definitely received much more than you've lost in this situation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just take it on like you're sorry, you're not the first person that's experiencing racism and the racism that you're experiencing is not it's not going to make you lose your home. It's not going right. to put you in jail or give you get you murdered by the police. And you know, and this is me as a biracial light-skinned man who understands the benefits I get as such. My mom asked me the other day, do I get pulled over for driving while black? And I'm like, no, I, I don't, you know? So I, I'm speaking with the understanding that I have more benefits than, than darker-skinned black men do. So, I, you know, so that with that understanding, I also have to take the good with the bad. You know, I have to accept the colorism that ex- exists in the black community. Mm-hmm. I have to understand, you know, the light-skinned jokes. I have to understand you know the the various biases that come from both sides it just it is what it is mm. you know I, I think overall you know we're we're all kind of dealing with racism on some level mm-hmm. and i just i just don't want to hear her pandering to black people anymore for their sympathy and support well look but where did she pander i think to if us? anybody needs you don't think the oprah interview was pandering you don't think all these you don't think her embracing all these, uh, you know, women of color now publicly is pandering? You think she's just like, I, from what I understand, and it'll, it'll, you know, this will be a nice segue into our last topic, but she's very close friends and has been for a very with long Serena. time with Serena Williams. I don't think that's Serena, new. one of the most famous women on earth. Okay, let's remove, let's remove the most famous athlete on earth mm-hmm. from the table. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I think she kind of uh, transcends a lot of, uh, you know, limitations. Let's say that. What other black friends, you know? Okay, now you're asking somebody you who is who is not an expert on on. Uh, well, let me tell you, it ain't Megan a lot. <laughs> it's very few. She hasn't she hasn't dated many brothers publicly, mm-hmm. and she doesn't have many black friends publicly. So what I'm saying is now that they're reaching out, they're talking to Mindy Kaling about, mm-hmm. you know. Being feeling ugly and like an outcast. I mean, that, that's all well and good now. Mm-hmm. So you know, let me so ask you, you one, that that's one her, other question. You don't think that that's her real experience? Like I don't. Well, like when well, I think that, about Meghan Markle, when I think about the the link that you send me with Mindy Kaling, when I think about the Oprah interview, anytime I've seen her, I never get like fake. I never get phony from her. I think she is being real. I think she's being who she is. And so when you talk about your experiences as a biracial black man. But you were you were you recognized, like you said, the biases, the prejudices, the thing. I don't think she ever has had to really deal with that. She grew. She made her mom maybe grew up in Compton, but her mom removed her from that situation, putting her in a predominantly white private school. She never had to deal with those things. I think she is just now, as however old she I, is, I think she's in her mid to late thirties. She's just now experiencing things, and you're expecting her to have a reaction to it as you would as someone who dealt with it, or as I would, someone who dealt with it their entire lives. And I think that's unfair to Chevalier, her. Valerie, that is incredibly naive. It's not. She still does not look like a white woman. She looks like a, a racially ambiguous person. Racially ambiguous, but, but she does not she, look like a black woman. She doesn't. Right, well, let me ask you this. And her let's, kid, let's she doesn't focus. look like a black woman. She didn't marry a black man. Her kids don't look black. Nothing about her says and, and black won't. woman. Nothing. Not a single thing. Right, so what I'm saying is, don't ask for black people to rescue you now. I don't let think me ask she you is this. though. I don't. I, I didn't let feel me ask like the Oprah interview was her going, Valerie, Valerie, come it. help me." <laughs> yes, I, it was. Trust me, it, that's I, exactly I, what the Oprah was. I didn't get it was that. like it was it was Hollywood and you know uh, you know woke Hollywood and black people. I need you to back me up and paint and and put the royal family in a corner. <laughs> now, speaking of putting the royal family in the corner, let me ask you: Is she backing? Prince Harry into a situation 
where he, he basically is going to have to divorce her at some point. What? Wait, why? Here's my thinking. Okay. So this man has grown up with mm-hmm. his family and for all that we can tell, has had a pretty healthy relationship with his brother and father. So basically this marriage has put a divide because they're wanting the royals to, to come out and like tell the public to stop. But the royals have done what they always did. They, they've just been silent. Mm-hmm. But the silence wasn't enough. Uh, Prince Harry wanted the royals to be outspokenly, you know, in support of her and like telling the public to shut up, right? But anyway, we have this rift now in the royal family. And instead of letting sleeping dogs lie, she keeps poking the bear. So what I'm saying is, does Prince Harry at some point, I feel like she's putting him in a situation where there's going to be this resentment that's building up because instead of mending fences over time, they keep poking at it because she's going to keep bringing it up and he has to support her publicly. And at some point that resentment is going to bubble over because when they first started dating, it was a whirlwind romance. So you have a lust-based love, right? Which sweeps them into the marriage. Then you have two young kids, which is going to occupy a lot of your focus Mm -hmm. for the next few years. So these next couple years, it's going to really be about them settling into family life and marriage and I just feel like she's putting them in a position where Harry's going to have to divorce her. And I have one friend who feels like this is kind of her big plan all along. You get the fame, you get the title, you move back to L.A., which has already occurred. Mm-hmm. You have the kids. So now he's bound to support you financially. And this is a black one. I'm not going to say her name, Brittany, but uh, <laughs> this is a, a black a black producer friend of mine who believes that it is her big you know, plan to get back to LA, which she has to, mm-hmm. to parlay this fame into her own thing, then divorce Prince Harry. Plausible or not? I would, I would say no, but I'm sure this will come back to bite me uh, when they, when they get a divorce. I think, I think you guys give Meghan Markle way too much power. First off, Prince Harry left, he decided to leave leave all of the um honors and royalties that come with being a prince he left all that behind for her and i don't understand why we're putting all of this blame on her when it's his family that doesn't like her and there's really i mean we don't know what's gone going on inside their family but it sounds like the only reason why they don't like her is because their family is no longer white and pure well, I think that's how she's trying to spin it. And I'm sure that's, that's I'm how sure they're, they're trying not to thrilled spin it. about They both were on Oprah and they said that someone, they didn't say who it was. But do you remember the most controversial part of that interview was that someone mentioned something about her having black babies? But see, I Is hate the how baby that was, gonna like, come uh, out black? Hold on, hold on, What's hold the on. baby going to look like? Is the baby going to come out black? Like, <laughs> But why is this such a shocker? that this centuries old white family is wondering about the blackness of this baby. Why it's is not that a, a shocker? shocker, but why is that Meghan Markle's fault? And not I, the, I and not the, the racist family's fault. She, she married why, into this family. And I get what she that. Think that this but family was why is, be? but why are we, why Where are we questioning whether or not Harry is going to divorce her because he doesn't like that. It's separated him for his racist family. The theme of this show is where is the accountability? Mm -hmm. The where is the accountability? You are a grown woman, a smart, educated woman. You said that you were a smart girl before you were a pretty girl. Yet you marry into the whitest family in the history of the world. And you're wondering why these racist attacks are coming at you. And you're also surprised that someone in his family said, oh, I wonder if the baby's going to be dark or not. No. Yes. But. Yes, and, and you accepted all the it, trappings. Accept, hold on, expect, let me finish. Okay, let me finish. Right. Let me finish. You accepted the parade. You accepted the royal gowns in the in the church. You accepted all these things. It was all but good. You don't want to accept ex- exactly. It was all good when you were getting what you wanted. It want. was all good, you, and then those now, people showed their true colors. That's what happened. She they, and I don't they showed their true colors naive. when they were dating. I don't think that she was when they naive were dating. to the fact that there were going to be some people who didn't like the fact that she has a black mother. I mean, no one, no one is that stupid. Like you said, she's a very educated woman. But we're talking about okay. almost like we're talking about a good portion of that country doesn't like the fact that there's now two black babies in that family. That's all this is about. Even though there is absolutely zero, zero possibility 
that either one of their babies will ever descend to the throne. They would have to knock off so many people in order for that to happen. They're, they're, they're upset because there are black babies in this family that will never have any power or any control over this fake monarch in the first place. These are people who have no power in that country. The prime minister does. This is just a fake. I don't even get the, the hype. I don't, I don't understand the whole royal. And I loved Princess Diana. But I don't get the, the, the hype about people who don't even have any power, have no control right. over anything in that country. But I don't put all of the blame. I don't put a good portion of the blame on Meghan Markle. I just don't. No, I don't put all of the blame on her. Like, racist people are terrible people, right? right. But what I'm saying is she doesn't want any of the blame. She doesn't <laughs> want any accountability for her actions as an adult. So that's, that's what I want to see. I want to see, like, you know what? Maybe I, you know, maybe I was naive. Oh, you know what? Maybe I was stupid to think that this would happen. And you know what? And I'm just tired of hearing the pandering, the, yo, I was, I was an ugly brown girl, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just like, I don't want to hear about it anymore. You don't like, want to you hear accept, it, but she's saying, you she's accepted, she accepted the role as princess. Experience. She accepted the role as princess. She accepted mm -hmm. the title. But then when it says, all right, this is in this family, this is what princesses do. You know, we manage your social, you you don't do this, you don't do that. And so it's like, I'll take this, but I won't take that. It's mm -hmm. just that lack of accountability is what I'm not feeling. Then we you flee back to America into the welcoming arms of black saviors like Tyler Perry and Oprah. Oprah works on your PR. Tyler Perry puts you up. You, you somehow get a Spotify deal. And, you know, <laughs> their rumors are that there's not even that many people listening to this. And, you know, Sorry. it's just... Where's the accountability? I think you should hold the country. Uh, I think you should hold England accountable and not Meghan Markle. Mm. Wouldn't, we wouldn't be All in right, this well, mess if they would just accept. It's, it's, it's 2022. You got a black princess. Deal with that shit. Turn the shit around. Get over it. <laughs> well, speaking of black princesses, Aww, uh, nice I will let you start... Uh, the Serena Williams tribute portion of the show. Oh my gosh. Proceed. It's been the most incredible ride and journey I've ever been on, I mean, in my life. And I'm just so grateful to every single person that's ever said go Serena in their life. I'm just so grateful because, yeah, you got me here. How do, how do I even start this? You can't really. You just you have can't. to you start can't. with the news. Start with the news. The GOAT has possibly played her final, her match, final match, most likely, most likely. at the U.S. Sounds Open like where it. she dominated. Yes, yes. So, um, I, I don't know if you watched. I, I, I for sure was watching every single match. Um, and actually, I'm a little upset at myself because Serena has had a 27-year career and somehow close to 30 years, I never managed to see her in person, which is a little upsetting. Um, I actually contemplated like, hmm, can I go to a match real fast in New York? And I was kind of hoping she would win that last match. So she made it all the way to the third round. She ended up losing. I don't even remember the girl's name, but you know, it's neither here nor there. But yeah, uh, the GOAT has uh, uh, retired and there's lots of conversation. You'll tell me what you think. Um, some calling her like the greatest of all Tom time, Yanovich. not... Tom Yanovich, thank you. Um, the greatest athlete of all time. Um, I don't know how you feel oh, about that. Oh, the greatest that. athlete? The greatest athlete of all time. Not the greatest oh. tennis player and not even the greatest female tennis player, um, but the greatest athlete of all time. Mm. Um, any thoughts on that? Oh, you actually want me to respond to that? Yeah, uh, the greatest tennis player of all time. I'm trying to find this... Um, this article that someone sent me and it has it has a perfect a perfect intro into why into why she is um, but tell me your thoughts do you think Serena Williams is the greatest athlete the the actual goat the goat no I, I think it's a valid discussion but mm -hmm. I think the fact that there were times when uh, she didn't take her career that serious remember so after Serena got her first few titles and started kind of dressing up a little bit. And then the fashion Serena emerged. And then, you know, there was a few uh, headlines about her being sexy and stuff. And she fully jumped into that. And, mm -hmm. you know, that that took uh, the front seat and tennis took the back seat. And then at some point she said, you know what, let's focus on tennis. Yeah. And it was at that point that she, became, she started like really 
knocking down grand slams one after other mm -hmm. and was was on like this historic run but she left a good three years of dominance on the table in my opinion yeah where she would win one here and there but she she wasn't using her best athletic prime years and you know what jordan didn't do that jordan wanted to win every single night at every single thing so for that reason alone i can't call her the goat all right. Well, let me see if I can. I mean, change. and I would say I that's what separates <laughs> that's what separates Jordan from LeBron and Tiger cuz even Tiger um Tiger could have been the goat of uh golf and arguably is. Tiger she's more Serena is to tennis what Tiger is to golf. Mm -hmm. Clearly the most athletically gifted and arguably the greatest in that sport. But because they got distracted and pulled off course like Tiger just for some reason, decide to revamp his swing several times mm -hmm. while he was in the midst of these historic runs. You know what? I'm just going to revamp my entire swing. And did it, but it took a while to get it done. Serena, you know what? I'm just going to do this fashion thing for a few years. And did it and was able to be like competitive, but didn't become dominant until they focused. Jordan never did that. Jordan, his whole focus was winning in basketball, and that's why he's the really? goat of goats. What, what about that little baseball timeout that was after his father died I know, and he but became he, it, like it wasn't his it wasn't his sole focus basketball wasn't his only focus well sports was was his focus yeah winning at sports stuck to the one that he knew how to actually do all right well make your argument that Serena argument. is the goat of goats all right i couldn't i can't find that article and it had the perfect and and i hate that you're gonna make me bash Serena in a moment where I, I want to be not, holding her up, you're not gonna bash but you're her. putting you're not gonna me gonna in a position her. where I'm going to have to bring you down back to reality, but go no, ahead. You're not. So her overall match record, 858 wins, 156 losses. Her grand slam win loss record, uh, 367 wins, 56 losses in a 27 year career. She has 73 singles titles. 23 Grand Slam singles titles, 14 Grand Slam doubles titles, four Olympic gold medals, 186 consecutive weeks at number one, 367 major match wins, the only player to achieve Golden Slams in both singles and doubles, which means in a, peer, in a year, she won all four Grand Slams, the Australian Open, the French Open, the U.S. Open, Wimbledon, and an Olympic gold medal all in one year. She did that as a singles player and as a doubles player. So who, who do you have that can, whose stats can beat that? Nobody. Well, no one has the longevity of Serena's career. So her athletic mm -hmm. build and body, her body yeah. was able to sustain her through the years, her young years where she was, didn't have the polish of say an older player. Yeah. And then her, as she got on in years, her skill was able to sustain her and she still had enough athleticism to keep her competitive. So her body and her athleticism was able to make her have this, you know, unprecedented longevity. Mm -hmm. But if you were just to take her best years versus the best years, let's say of a Steffi Graf, I would argue that Steffi Graf had um, a better Grand concentration of years. Yeah. Huh? Less Grand Slam yeah, wins. She, yeah, she she has less Grand only, Slam only wins one, and everything. Only by one, I think. Exactly. Think about that. She has less Grand Slam wins by one. Serena had a much longer career. Mm. So, I mean, you could argue. So, you know, Steffi Graf has like a Roger Federer type game. So a lot of that's going to be like what kind of game you prefer. But if you take Steffi Graf's best year versus Serena, you could really argue either way. Now, I'm going to go Serena because I feel like Serena had a higher peak. And, you know, were, were not, and because of those golden slams that you mentioned mm -hmm. and uh, because and of, of the her longevity. Well, I don't count the doubles. I don't, you know, I'm, because I'm just talking about her as a solo player. Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't, I don't count the doubles. I mean, not all of us were blessed with like another historic sister to play. Yeah, because with. now that Serena has retired, the next player with the most wins is now Venus. Yeah. But I mean, I, you know, so you could argue, I think Serena's the key to her goatness is her longevity. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
I love Serena. But tell me why Serena is... And also, I love that, like... Prior, well, I take that back. I was about to say I never really was into tennis, but I take that back because my sister played tennis. So I watched like, you know, the Andre Agassiz and, you know, but was definitely more, um, you know, the, I'm going to age myself, but the um, McEnroe's like. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like watching those, but uh, watching men's tennis. You remember those fools? God damn. A little bit, a little bit. I did start to, you know, get into women's tennis watching, like you said, Steffi Graf, uh, Martina Navratilova. Uh, Chris Everett, but it wasn't until the Williams sisters came along that, I mean, these girls transcended uh, the world of, of, of female um, of tennis and, and not to, um, you know, we get a, give a little praise t- to Venus as well. Venus is the reason why women at Wimbledon now get the same amount of prize money as the men. Like she fought for that. Like they have totally transformed the world of tennis um, to the point where like, women's tennis would suddenly be the biggest match to watch for the finals if it was, you know, whichever um, open it was that you were watching over the men's because it's like, I want to see, you know, I want to see what they do. No, I so, agree with that. Um, you know, I just don't So think... for sociopolitic re- political reasons, she's the goats of goats. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that. I think if we're like talking about sports and like comparing athletes, I just want to... I... I just want to focus on the athletics. Okay. Like, I don't want, you know, like, I appreciate Serena as, like, a cultural icon as well. Yeah. But I want that to be, like, you know, part B of the conversation. I don't want all of that folded into one cake. Yeah. Like, if we're comparing goats of goats, I want you, you know, let's let's focus about athletics. Because then we got to say, okay, Muhammad Ali, you know, Mm. based on what he's done. Yeah. So... I mean, I, I I at least appreciate like I can't think of another female player that is, or that would be like I can't even think of another female athlete that's even in the conversation, like in the goat conversation. Can you think of another female athlete? No, uh, well, let's, trying I'm to trying to think in, in basketball. Tarasi, nope, she's not close. Although you did say she was the LeBron of the WNBA, which is, did I say Tarasi or Sue Bird? Which one did I say? No, you said no. You said um, the one that's in jail. Um, oh, Brittany Griner. Brittany Griner. So it's no, it was more Tarasi than Griner. No, I'm trying to think. Uh, all right, so tennis, track and field. There's no. I don't think there is anybody who you could like the level of dominance and excellence. Um, there's no golf person. There's no track person because track isn't as popular. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I can't think of another female athlete who um, who is in who is in the goat conversation. Like the fact that she's in the same conversation. You've mentioned Tom Brady, LeBron James, um, Michael Jordan. You know the fact that she's even considered. I think that's that. honor enough. <clears throat> I think so too. The the quote that I that I wanted to to read to you was from this woman, uh, Sally Jenkins. She started her article by saying. Name any athlete in history, please, who could do what Serena Williams is doing. Tom Brady, question mark. He never had a C-section. Sally Jenkins. <laughs> oh, Sally Jenkins. It's true, though, but it is important to also mention, well, you know, unfortunately, um, Serena never won any um, any any more Grand Slams after, after giving birth. But still, despite that, was an extremely dominating player. Like... It's it's interesting watching these last couple of matches. The girls who she had to go up against were close to almost half her age. And they were able to find tweets and Instagram posts where these girls, you know, were talking about how she was their hero. And now they're playing across from her. And so, yeah. I, I hate to see her go, though. I just can't see... Um, like, when the Williams sisters aren't playing, I'm not watching. Yes, so oh, you can hear me now. Apologizing to our, our, are you going to cut that out? So I'm going to cut part of it out, but so I'm wearing new headphones now because as Chevalier was making this eloquent point of black girl magic in sports and how it all is uplifting the socio-political climate of the world, my headphones go out and I lose power. Wow, is that Mercury retrograde? Is that Mercury retrograde hating on you? No, because I don't believe in that shit. <laughs> oh, good. Good. You're one of the few people in my circle that does not. What? What is that? <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, exactly. Kudos to Serena. Yes. 
Definitely the goat of female tennis. The goat. Arguably. Period. The goat of female tennis. Arguably? Do we even want to mention this heifer? What heifer? <laughs> Margaret Court. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I almost don't even Why want to Why is she a heifer, it. though? Because she, she is. She's a hater. She's a hating heifer. <laughs> so, Margaret, her. you want to skip her? Well, you brought up. Go ahead. Okay, so basically, Margaret Court is the woman who holds the record for the most number, most, uh, um, God, what is it? The most Grand, Grand Slam Serena has 23. She has 24. And she was asked in an interview, and she basically said, I've admired her as a player, but I don't think she has ever admired me. So I, that's that's actually what she said. Then she went on to talk about... Um, she raised issues with Serena's sportsmanship, her abilities after giving birth and the comforts of life on tour in the modern era. She, you know, mentioned uh, in 2009 when Serena threatened a line judge. We all remember that, uh, that incident. And then uh, in 2011, when Serena had words for a chair umpire. Um, and she basically just goes on to say that, you know, Serena um, wasn't as good um, as everyone is claiming that she is not, not only because she has one less victory, but, um, she claims that Serena's error was actually easier and that she would have loved to have played in Serena's era. Uh, I'm not making this up that she actually won, um, championships after giving birth. Um, and that Serena played seven years longer than she did. And she had, she had more, um, so has one more victory. What she fails to talk about is that she played or that Serena plays in the open era. Um, and basically yeah. before, can, can I defend Serena? Sure. Can I defend? But let me just tell you real quick. I... So the open era, only amateurs were allowed to compete. And a lot of people right. didn't consider the Australian open. This woman is Australian. Um, didn't consider it. Um, Billie Jean King um, only went there three times to play in it because it wasn't considered a real uh, championship. So she has a lot of her victories against other amateur players. And so yeah. I hate that we even had to mention her and, and, and rain on Serena's parade. Um, but yeah, yeah. if you would like to go ahead. I and... mean, it's, it's ridiculous. The competition factor, who she Just... went up against. You know, she never went up against Prime Hingis. Right. You know, Steffi Graf, when Steffi Graf was still graphing. You know, <laughs> she you know, she didn't have to go up against Monica Sellis, uh, any oh of those God, people. Oh, my God, I totally so, forgot about Monica Sellis. You know, Arancha Sanchez Vicario was one of the, the early people. That's yep. Like, she didn't have to beat those kinds of people. Um, yeah. And, you know, and I, I contend that Serena was... Okay, you don't want to see someone threatening uh, a judge, but in Serena's defense, that judge did cost her that match. Mm -hmm. That would have been 24 uh, Grand Slams for Serena. Yep. So, um, you know. And then I think the I, second one, the guy was accusing her of cheating by looking into the crowd at her. You know, it, yeah. Serena is so passionate and she takes such pride in her work ethic right. that it's just, I could see where her were her I just remember when that whole thing out that was just like that was international news when Serena you know yeah. lost it on that line judge but it's unfortunate that in a moment where literally everyone they had Beyonce do a commercial about Serena they had Oprah do one about Serena where everyone is praising her for all that she has brought to this game that this woman instead of using this moment to congratulate her decided to use it as a moment to congratulate herself and that I still have one more than she does. And I won one after I gave birth and it just, it's just, but you know what, Margaret that's how, you know, Serena is the goat. Yeah. The fact that that lady's doing that, but yeah. well, I mean, anyway, most people don't even know her name. You know, she's not even considered in the conversation. Really? Margaret court. She's 80. Well, I think you're, I mean, but I think if you're <laughs> aware people, of the record, if you're aware of the record, yes, but most people don't, okay. you know, if you say who ask random people at work tomorrow, who's Margaret court? I don't know. Who's Serena Williams. Oh, okay. I know who that uh, is. <laughs> well, if you're, you're asking random people questions, you, you have bigger problems, Yeah, that's true. but anyway, Serena, we salute you. <laughs> I'm so Sir proud Valerie, as we, get ready to close out this post labor day edition. Yes. Do you, my friend have any recommendations or invitations? I do. So I want to recommend, um, it's called roots. I think it's shoot. Hold on. 
Stand by. You go first, oh, actually, why why I look All this right. up before I forget. <laughs> I didn't write this one down. Alright, well Is it food or TV? No, it's a it's a it's a store. Ooh. What what episode is this? Episode nine, ten? Have I ever recommended? Yeah, you not recommend show? no TV. No. Yeah. Well, I recommend that uh, you follow the Kansas City Chiefs this year, as I will be. As many people are sleeping on Patrick Mahomes, who will probably be this year's MVP, as long as Josh Allen doesn't uh, continue to get better, which I'm hoping he doesn't. Um, but yes, I'm recommending that my fellow Atlantans wake up, shake off that domestic abuse that is uh, the Atlanta Falcons and find new teams. I personally will be going for the Kansas City Chiefs. That is my recommendation. Valerie, what is yours? <laughs> okay. Let me try to get through this because I have the hiccups. <laughs> my recommendation. Now you're going to have to... Oh, God. <laughs> I, I recommend some water and boo! <laughs> okay. Oh, God. I'm not gonna oh, my God. All right. This is great. <laughs> all right. You're going to have to come all the way down to Fayetteville. This is only for people okay. who live in Georgia, but I found a, <laughs> I found a black-owned beauty supply store, and it's called Roots Beauty Supply. Oh god! Okay. And the reason is why Kunta I recommend it is because there? I don't know that a lot. Huh? Kunta Kinte. No. Does he work there? <laughs> Your name is Toby. Um, Toby. Your the reason why I recommend it is because I don't know if a lot of people know, but most um, beauty supply stores are not owned by black people. It is um, an industry that is monopolized by the Asian American community, <laughs> despite the fact that the majority of their products that they sell um, are for black hair and for black women. And so I was actually going to a different store and I was like, oh, Roots Beauty Supply, you know, let me just go in there, see what I can find or whatever. And it is a black owned store. Um, and they did mention that um, because they are black owned and because the industry and the hair and the products are owned um, or monopolized by the Asian community, it is hard for them to get certain products, especially some of the um, the more popular products that women, black women use to braid their hair, twist their hair, you know, crochet braids or whatever. Um, but I made it a point to go in there and purchase something for them because I always believe in supporting black businesses. And so because it is so rare to find a black, a beauty supply store owned by black people, that is my recommendation for this week. Roots Beauty Supply in Fayetteville, Georgia. Awesome. Well, let's keep uh, the invitation short. We are approaching the one hour mark. Okay. My invitation is for, uh, I would just like, instead of people joining us, mm -hmm. I would invite more of my friends and family to follow, like, and subscribe. Oh, I like that. I like that. That's good. Well, I wanted to invite um, your friend, um, Damon Young. Oh, really? Yes. Be, oh, I like that invitation. And the reason why is because he wrote an article. I can't remember where this came from. I want to say it was the Post or... He writes for Washington Post Oh, now. there you go. Okay, I was going to say the Post. But he wrote, a, he wrote an article called Everyone's Vacationing Wrong, and I felt very seen in, in this. Did you see this article? I saw the headline. I didn't read it. Okay, well, let me just tell you really quickly. He's a, a true vacation to me is a lack of expectations for a predetermined period of time in a desirable place you've traveled to. And he says, we get the last two parts right. Um, but when we get there, when we get to these places, he's saying we tend to bring work with us. And I don't mean that the work from our jobs, but new work, invented work. And he goes on to say, so at nine o'clock, we're meeting the group for breakfast, then snorkeling at noon at 3 p.m. Um, we're going to uh, visit cave Satan's anus. Like it just makes up, you know, how, how he does. And the reason why I said I felt seen was because I don't do that. I don't have like an agenda, but I'm one of those people who I can do the vacations where you go and, you know, you just eat, sleep, drink, you know, pool, repeat or whatever. Um, but sometimes when I'm in a new place, like I want to see, you know, all of the things, cause I don't know if I'm ever going to have an opportunity to get back here. So I would love to invite him on, um, to just to come on and, and talk about the article just because and he's also just a really great writer and um i just phenomenal yeah. writer yeah um he just says if a, if a vacation is supposed to be an absence of work replacing homework with the vacation work of over planning over scheduling and over exerting yourself negates the vacation so i'm like oh maybe i'm vacationing wrong too um yes. i just i i i i hate going on vacation and my friends are like well let's just take a nap it's like we could have taken a nap at home 
or we let's go to Applebee's. We could have had Applebee's in Atlanta. Like, let's do some new things. So I kind of want to challenge yeah. him a little bit, a little bit. Oh, challenge. <laughs> I love a good challenge. Yeah. All right. I love that. Yeah, that's a great one. Perfect way to end the show with yes. a great invitation. And I'll be going on so, vacation next week, but I'll still be here for you to do the show. Okay. I'll still okay. be I'll make some time for All you. right. <laughs> You'll see Chevalier next Wednesday. Every Wednesday is the Unmitigated Gall Podcast. Thank you all for joining us. Peace.